What is your hope built on? Uh, we had James play uh, that song a while ago to open up, and I'm going to read you some, some of the words out of it. But this, this song is one that my home church sings uh, pretty often, and I love to hear Kenny Green just get up and just start singing it as the choir comes down out of the sanctuary to get up here uh, behind and are standing to do the choir thing. Uh, Kenny would have him start singing this as I was walking down. I love this song, and it goes, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope to stay, or hope and stay. I love that song, and that's, that's where our hope should be right now. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I love that. If you've got your Bibles open to, to Romans chapter 8, we're going to be from verse 18 to 28. Uh, if you want to follow along with us uh, this morning, the Bible says, in verse 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of, his sons, of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he, and that's God, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth that is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let's pray again. Father, again, we wish to ask this morning for your blessings. God, I want to, I want to lift up uh, this service to you. Lord, I pray that whatever is said, whatever is done today, God, it would glorify your name. Lord, it would, it would just praise your name. God, we thank you for your open book. Lord, we thank you for, uh, Lord, these churches are still open. Lord, we're still allowed to come in here and preach. And I, and I thank you for taking advantage, we're taking advantage of this time uh, that we have. God, and I pray for those, again, that are, are having to think outside the box to, to bring these messages to a congregation and, and to a community and to a lost and dying world. Lord, just, uh, Lord, I just pray that you pour out a double portion today. Lord, I, I pray that you'd anoint this service, and God, just have your willing way here. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. So I have hope today. I've got hope today. I hope each person that is listening this morning has hope today, has that blessed hope, blessed assurance, knowing that God is in control of our troubles. God is in control of our problems. God is just in control altogether. God is in control of everything that takes place.
I know that I have hope today because of five things. And we're going to look at all five things this morning. Five things. The first thing we're going to look at, I have hope because my suffering is only temporary. My hope is in knowing that everything that I'm going through in this life, it's only temporary. Even this life itself is only temporary. Verse 18 says again, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Temporary. Think about that word temporary. The definition is lasting for only a limited period of time, not permanent. Not permanent. I like that. Temporary is not permanent. We have aches. We have pains. We, we get up in the morning and we creak and we pop and we, I found myself here lately. I get up. I don't just jump out of bed anymore. I just kind of roll over and sit for a few minutes and let everything start working again, I guess. It hurts to get up sometimes. I can't just jump and run like I used to. And I was telling one of the, the guys at the fire department the other day uh, that, you know, I have to get up. And I got to use the bathroom before I can even run a call anymore. I got to get up and, and get myself ready uh, before I can go. We have aches. We have pains. We have issues in our lives. But it's, that, it's because of that fall of man. It's because of the things that happened to us, the thing that happened to all of us when, the, when Adam and Eve took that fruit, and, and they, they, they went against what God said to do, and it has brought on a lot of pain and suffering in this world more than, than we'll ever know. Everybody's pain and suffering is different, but we've got to understand that God is still in control of whatever takes place. Many of you listening this morning have health problems. Many of you right now have something, some ailment going on in your life that you just don't know what it is. You don't know um, you can't find an answer for it. Your doctors can't find an answer for it. But you, you're hurting and you're in pain and, and you need some help. But you need to remember God is in control. He can give you that relief that you're needing. He's better than any medicine that you can ever find over the counter or under the counter or, or on the side of the road, wherever it's at. He is better than anything that you can ever find. So whatever that health problem is, give it to Him. Stop trying to, to, to go to WebMD and Google your problems. You need to go to the Word of God and let God fix you. Ask Him to heal you. Ask Him to touch you. Ask Him to, to lay His hand on you and to take away whatever pain might be ailing you. Some of you may have problems this morning with your family. That's a tough one. And I think the longer we're cooped up with our families, the more problems that we're probably going to find. We have problems in our families. Marriages are starting to crumble. Our marriages are being tested right now. This virus and, and some of these, these couples or these families that are being um, isolated at home right now, they're being tested. Right now is the time when the devil's getting his foot inside these homes a little bit more because we're together and we're starting to get on each other's nerves and we're being tested. Marriages are being strained right now because of what's going on. We need to understand again, God is in control. Kids, I've come to the conclusion, are losing their minds right now. They are going crazy. My poor girls right now, bless their hearts, they are cooped up in home. Very seldom are they able to get out. Uh, Maria took Paisley the other day, just got her in the car and said, let's go. And they just drove. They went up to her mama's and waved at her mama through the window. She hadn't been able to see, her, see them in almost a month. They're going, cra they're going stir crazy. Abby, they're so crazy right now, Abby actually mowed the yard without me asking her. That's how crazy this world's getting right now. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Because of this pandemic that's going on, many of you are having problems with school. Many of you are having problems with work. You're having to work from home. You're having to do school at home. That's not normal. And so it brings on new stresses. It brings on new problems in our lives that we don't know how to deal with it. 
We can't comprehend what's going on in this world right now because nobody's ever experienced it before. So we have these problems going on. We need to understand that God is still in control. Whether we're cooped up at home or still able to work or whatever it may be, God is in control of this. And this problem that we're going through, it's only temporary. This being cooped up at home, it's only temporary. This being laid off from work, it's only temporary. This health problem that you're going through, it's only temporary. These strains on your marriage, it's only temporary because we're going to get through this. God is in control of this. My encouragement to you this morning is this. All your problems are temporary. All of them. It may have came from this pandemic. It may have stemmed from 15 years ago. It don't matter when it was. It's only temporary. Again, I'm going to read that definition to you. It says, lasting for only a limited period of time, not permanent. Not permanent. Now listen to 2 Corinthians 4.18. It tells us, Paul writing this too, He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal means lasting or existing forever without end. So listen to those two definitions. Temporary, lasting for only a limited period of time, not permanent. And eternal, lasting or existing forever without end. Whatever we're going through here on earth, is only temporary. It's only temporary. I know it may seem like the situation that you're in may never end, but it is only temporary. Wounds heal. They always do. Wounds will heal. We have broken hearts. Those will heal. Those will be mended. Things that we go through in this world are only temporary. We've got to hang on to that. And I'll tell you this, the the, the situation will end, I promise you that, but I promise you this as well, another one is coming. Another one is coming. It's just like watching during hurricane season, what, April, May? got about two more months before the hurricane season starts in June. I love watching them. I love watching uh, the Weather Channel. I like watching these storms develop in the ocean. But if you ever notice it, one will start, and then as it kind of fizzles out, another one will come right behind it. That's the troubles in our lives. One will eventually go away. But I promise you this, another one is coming. We're not exempt. We will always run into problems in our lives. And here's the kicker. Sometimes you get more than one problem. Sometimes you're hit with three or four or five problems at one time. Your truck breaks down. Your dishwasher goes out. Your refrigerator breaks. Your pressure tank goes out in the house. Something is always going to go wrong in life. We're not limited to just one at a time. Sometimes we get it dumped on us. But again, I'll promise you this, they're only temporary. All those things will go away. Only temporary. Number two, I have hope because I like this one. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Go back over to, uh, to verse 19. Again, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Not just mankind was affected by sin. We look at that and we see the fall of man and we see what happened in the garden. But we need to understand it wasn't just mankind that was affected. Earth was affected. Earth, earth used to be gorgeous. Earth was beautiful. Before the broom sage and, and, and the thorns and the thistles and the rose bushes and all that stuff 
took over. Earth was gorgeous. It was, it was paradise. It was just this beautiful green lush garden full of fruits and vegetables. And you think about it, you know, nothing, nobody ate meat. There were no uh, carnivores or anything like that. Everybody just ate vegetables. I can't imagine that world, but you know, I guess it was okay then. But it was perfect. The earth was perfect. Mankind was perfect for a while. And then listen to what happened in Genesis 3.17. It says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. And sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of the life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. We know that this life on earth is temporary. We know uh, that this life is, or this earth is temporary. I mean, when, when, when he comes back, and after the rapture, and the rain, and, and, the, and all that's going to happen, that we've been studying in Revelation and Daniel, he's going to purify this thing. He's going to make it clean again. He's going to start all over. But we need to understand, no one knows when. No one has a, a, an idea of when this is going to take place. Nobody knows when Jesus will return except for God. But what we need to understand is we've got to be ready for it. We have to be ready for it. Over in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4.13, it tells us, it says, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We read that in funerals all the time, but man, that's, there's encouragement in that. Be ready. If I could sum it up, it's just be ready. We've got to be ready because we don't know when he's going to sound that trumpet. We don't know when the archangel is going to come. We don't know when Jesus is going to return. So just be ready. Be ready and waiting at all times. Be on your toes. And every chance you get, tell somebody about Jesus so that they'll be ready. We all got to be ready. The trumpet will sound one day. That archangel, it's going to shout one day. And I promise you this, the dead in Christ will rise one day. That's a promise that the Bible tells us. Those Christians that remain, those that, if, it, if we're still here tearing around a little while here on earth, we're going to be called up. That's what the Bible tells us. We're going to go home at some time, no matter how terrible things get on earth. I know that Jesus is coming back. I know that when it finally gets to its breaking point, God's going to say enough is enough. He's going to look at Jesus and he's going to go say, go get your bride. He's going to say, just go on. It's time. Time to save them. Get them out of there. Get them out. I have hope because Jesus is going to return and he's going to do something when he returns. If I'm still here, he's going to take me to heaven. If you're still here, he's going to take you on to heaven. He's going to get you out of this mess. My hope is in that, that if I'm still alive, that I'm going to go on to heaven. If I'm dead, I'm still going on to heaven. 
But that's my hope, knowing that all that's going on here on earth right now, as bad as it's going to get, it's only temporary. And my hope is knowing that he's going to take me home. He's going to get me out of this mess and take me home. And I'm going to give, I'll be given a new body. This old one's going to be left down here for somebody else to deal with. I'm going to get a new one made in his image. Number three, I have hope because I'm on my way to heaven. Now look over there again at verse uh, 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for that or for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Everyone is groaning. There's a lot more groaning been going on the past couple months with everybody laid off or whatever's going on. Everybody's grumbling about this virus and everything else going on. There's a lot of groaning going on, a lot of mumbling, a lot of groaning. Do you know what groaning is, though? I want to define groaning for you. It's a low, mournful sound uttered in pain or grief. It's more about the grief than anything. That groaning is, we're, we're whining a, a little bit and we're in grief because of where we are and what we want. As a Christian, we long for something. As a Christian, we long to go home. We're done here. We've got things to do, I know, but we just want to go home. I love that song, Beulah Land. We just want to go home and be with him. But while we're here on earth, we tend to groan a little bit because that's what we long for. We just want to go on to heaven. Because of that fall of man I was talking about earlier over in Genesis, and because of that fall of man, we are always in some kind of pain. We're all, always in some kind of grief. There's always something eating at us. Always something eating at us. Very seldom do you go through this life uh, for several days without something eating at you. And it typically stirs from something someone said or something that you've seen on, on TV or the news or something like that. It always makes you just groan or groan a lot. And we, we just can't get through that for some reason. As a Christian, we, we long for that day that we can go home. And so when we go home, as a Christian, when we get to go to heaven, that groaning stops. That grief stops. We read over in Revelation all the time at funerals, there'll be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more tears. That stuff is not in heaven because that all came about because of Adam and Eve and what took place in the garden. And God don't want that up there. He wants nothing but rejoicing. He wants nothing but happiness. He wants nothing but joy in heaven. And so we're going to leave all that stuff behind. Well, I promise you that we're going to leave it all behind. This life is, this life is challenging. And I think the older we get, the more challenges we're going to see and experience. But church, this isn't it. This ain't it. This is only temporary. Listen to what John says. John uh, 5.24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, this is Jesus speaking, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death unto life. From death unto life. But what Jesus is telling us is that here it says, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You've got to believe in God. You've got to believe there is a God, a one true loving God. And you've got to believe that he sent his only begotten son to die for you. 
And if you believe that in your heart, and you have confessed that, He is my Savior, then He tells us right here, shall not come into condemnation, but be passed from death into life. That's why a funeral for a Christian is always a celebration. That we're celebrating them leaving this sin-filled life. We're celebrating that they have left this old, dirty, sin-filled world. We're celebrating the fact that they are alive and well. Just like Jesus right now. We, we're going to look at it next month in May at the, on Ascension Sunday or Ascension Day or whatever it's called. We're going to look at where he has ascended back to heaven. And he is alive and well on the right hand of the Father. The same with the Christian. We need to understand as a believer in Jesus Christ, if we have truly put our faith and trust in him, we need to understand that when we die in this life, right here on earth, when we die, we go from death unto life. And that's the words of Jesus. From death to life. Life everlasting. Life eternal. Life in heaven. Life with Jesus. That's where we're going. And I know that when I die, that I'm going to heaven. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That word confident, that's me. I'm confident in my salvation. I'm secure in my salvation because I know when I put my faith and trust in him. I remember the day, October 26, 1997, when I walked down that, to, that, that aisle and I come down to that altar at Willowdale Baptist Church. I remember that. I go back to it. I am confident in my salvation. As long as we're confident and, and have that blessed assurance knowing that we are sealed, he tells us right here, he says, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's going to continue to do a good work in us. He's going to continue to use us the best that he can, the best that, that we can until he returns. Then he's going to call us on home. We're going to go on to heaven. We've got stuff to do up there, I know. We'll probably do a, a lot of shouting and a lot of singing when we get there. But he has things for us to do here, and he's going to have things for us to do there. Be confident in knowing these things. Be confident in your salvation. I know there, there will be a day. There will be a day. I don't know when it's going to be. But there's going to be a day that this old body is going to be changed. This old body is going to be new. I am confident knowing that I will receive a new body. I'm that confident knowing. Number four, I have hope because the Holy Spirit prays for me. We need this sometimes right now. We need it. There, there's been times when I've got down, somebody said, can you pray for me or pray with me? And I'll get down to start praying with them and I, I don't even know what to say. I know that they're struggling. I know that I have struggles at the same time, but there's just times that I can't pray. Look at verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth that uh, what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There are times we don't know what to pray. There are times that we have this, this urge just to pray and we get down and we just don't know what to say. We, we, we know that there's something going on in someone else's life that they need to help with. They need us to pray for them. And then we got our own struggles. We got our own battles that we got to go through, which is tough. And we get down and we're like, what do I say? What, what, what words can I, can I spit out of my mouth 
that God will hear and receive. What can he hear on my heart? Well, that's the thing. He knows your heart. He knows there's something on your heart. You just can't get it out. You just can't, you just can't find the words or sometimes you're so broken and you're, just, you're absolutely bawling your eyes and your heart out. God hears that. God hears what's coming out of your heart. He hears those groanings that we're talking about because that's what he does. He hears, he knows us already and he hears us and he's going to intercede on our behalf. That's the Holy Spirit inside of us. And, and I, I can just picture it. We get down on our face. We might be at home somewhere. May have to pull off the side of the road. We get down and we just start just crying, knowing that we got to get to God. And Jesus sitting up there on the right hand of the Father, and he, he elbows him and says, Dad, that one right there, just, he, just, he just can't get it out. Can you help him? Do you see that one down there? He's struggling today. Can you give him a hand? That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He's interceding on our behalf to the Father, to the Father. There are times when we, we just don't know what to say. Lord, this is going to sound stupid, but. Lord, this is going to sound crazy, but. And he's like, no. No, it ain't crazy. It ain't stupid. Just come to me with all your problems. Bring your burdens to me. Bring that, that load that you have on you right now where this world is just piled on your shoulders. Just bring it to me and let me have it. I'll deal with it. I can take care of it. The Holy Spirit's going to intercede for each one of us. There's times that we, we get upset and we're so troubled that we can't pray. But the Bible plainly tells us the Holy Spirit's going to intercede for us. You ever been that upset? You ever been just so torn up that you just can't get a word out of your mouth? That's okay because it says the Holy Spirit's going to intercede for us. He knows your heart. And he's interceding for you. Jude one twenty says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, knowing for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Number five, I have hope because God has a purpose for my problems. He's got a purpose for everything going on right now. He has a plan. He has a plan for this pandemic. He has a plan for those that are struggling. He has a plan for those right now that are just at their breaking point. He has a plan for you. We've got to stop. And we've got to ask him, God, what's your plan? God, what's, where am I? When it comes to the center of your wheel, your wheel, where am I on that? Am I in the center or have I veered off one side or the other? Have I, am I chasing rabbits right now when I ought to be right in the middle of your wheel? God, where am I? And it's hard. And sometimes I think we're scared to ask, God, God, what's your plan for me? God, where would you have me be right now? God, what would make you happiest right now in my life? Where would you want me? What is your plan? That's scary. That is scary. And I've said it before. You know, one of the hardest things for a Christian to pray is, Thy will be done. Because... We don't know what God's will for us is. And that's a scary step to take. When we try to take that step and say, Lord, I'm ready. What's your will? You better brace yourself because he's got big plans for you. He has something for you to do. And you might not like it. It might break you down. It might wear you out. It may keep you up at night or it may, it may make you sleep better at night. I don't know. But he has a plan for you. So when you say, Lord, thy will be done, brace yourself. 
because he's got big plans for each one of us. Look at Romans 8, 28 again. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. His purpose. God knows what's going on. God knows what's going to happen to you. God knew about this pandemic when He was towing around down in the garden with Adam and Eve. He knew what was going to be happening in 2020. He knew all about this thing. Jeremiah 1.5 tells us, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. He knew us. He knew everybody that was going to be on earth on April 19th, 2020. He knew what was going to take place on this day. He knew what was going to take place back in January when all this started happening. He knew it. He ha- he's got a game plan. He has a plan for this. And we have to... We have to acknowledge that and trust Him, knowing that He has a plan. God knows what you're dealing with. He knows what every one of us are dealing with. And I, I, uh, I always go back to this at Christmas. You know, he, he sent His Son as an infant so that that, that person, that child, would grow, grow and go through all the things that we're experiencing right now. So that when we cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, help me, this is what I'm going through, He can say, I've got you, I've been there. I know what you're going through. I feel your pain. And it gives us that comfort because that's what he is, is the great comforter. God will take those hurts. God's going to take those challenges that we're going through right now and use them to strengthen us. Anybody that's ever had cancer, fought cancer, beat cancer, those people are strong. They have found a strength through Jesus that that none of us have ever seen before. It's always there for us, but they were so dependent on Jesus to get them through it that they have this, what we look at as a stronger bond or a tighter friendship or relationship with Jesus because of what he brought them through. Some of us have never experienced that kind of suffering in our lives. And so we feel like our relationship with him ain't as strong as it is with someone that's been through something uh, traumatic or, or you know, physical or uh, emotional like the cancer or heart conditions, all the things that we have to depend on Him. But when we go through these trials, when we go through these troubles in this earth, we come out stronger because of Him. I like what Paul says over here in 2 Corinthians 12. It says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we get down and we're so weak that we can't stand up, Jesus says, look at me. I'm strong. I'm who you need to lean on. Don't worry about your problems. Lean on me. Paul keeps going. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are at our breaking point, we get to see God's strength. When we are at the point where we cannot stand on our own, God says, look at me. I've got you. And he, he, he takes that strong arm, and he reaches it down, and he picks us up. And when we get stronger, we get stronger. He helps us with that strength that he has. This morning I pray that you take this message and never forget the hope in Jesus that we have.
as a Christian, we have hope. If you're out there and you're listening and you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, right now you have no hope for eternal life with Him in heaven. But you do still have hope. We still, you still have a breath in you right now. And so you can take that breath and you can ask Jesus to save you and put all your hope in Him. Last verse, and we're going to close out. I love this. It's over in Isaiah. We're going to go to Old Testament for just a second. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. No matter where you go in this life, no matter what river you cross or what fire pit you walk through, you ain't going to get wet and you ain't going to get burned. If you've got trust in Jesus, if you if you're allowing God to to be in your life, if you've allowed God to be a part of your life, he's going to carry you through because he's that strong. He's that powerful. He's going to carry you through. He's going to see you through that problem, through that situation. Let's pray. Father, this evening or this morning, I guess we're going to come to you one more time. God, and just thank you for your grace. God, I want to thank you for that mercy. Lord, I want to thank you for that love. Father, we thank you for that strong arm that you have. Father, that when we get down in this life and these burdens are just wearing us out, God, we have somebody to turn to. Father, I'm thankful for the knowledge and knowing that whatever I go through in this life, it's only temporary. Lord, you've got complete control of my life. You've got complete control of, of my situations. You've got complete control of everything about me. And Lord, it's just a, it's an encouragement to know that I'm yours. And, Lord, you're in control. It's encouraging to know that it's only temporary. Whatever I might go through is only temporary. Whatever we all go through, it's only temporary. But, Lord, this morning, as, as Isaiah said, I'm going to read it one more time. Lord, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What an encouragement, Lord, knowing that you're by our side through all this turmoil that we're going through, all these things that we're experiencing right now. Thank you for that, God. And I pray that as we close this service out, each person that may be listening, I pray that they put faith in you, they put trust in you, they put uh, their heart into you, Lord. I pray that they've just given it all to you, Lord, and they know you. They've got a sweet peace about them right now, being confident and knowing that they are saved. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. All this in your son's sweet, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to veil his face, I rest on his unchanging grace, in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand.
His oath, His covenant and blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, 